And there's a ball in the air, deep in the outfield. Got a chance. Got a chance. Gone. Three-run homer. McNamee. McNamee. Big hit. Mac just did it again. Around and around and around they go. And a bases-clearing triple for Tanner Allen. And this place is busting at the seam. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. What's up, Bulldog fans? It's your boy, Dogs Today, here with my co-host, Matty Light. MSU is coming off a 2-2 two and two week. Uh, we definitely needed to take one this weekend. We got the, we got the big win today in the 12 innings. My health is definitely just declining every week watching this team. But I bleed maroon, so I'm here for the long run. Matt, how are you feeling after this week? Well, I'm going to tell you that after Saturday evening when I finished watching that game, and to be honest, I didn't even watch the last inning, I, I don't think. Uh, I was so defeated because I know that we – beat ourselves in those first two games. I mean, Arkansas probably would have beat us either way in those two games, but it just made it so out of reach so quickly in those first two innings. And it just it and it, it was just mentally draining watching those two games and how we gave them away. So man, it, it hurt. But I was glad we kinda turned it around this uh today and man we we actually pitched well for once and I was really excited about that. So yeah, no doubt, bro. I don't think you're alone in uh, not watching the end of the game Saturday. I would probably imagine a lot of uh, fellow fans did the same thing. Not not that I like don't believe in the guys, but it's, it got to the point where it was like it it, it was almost it was almost sickening to watch what was going on on the field, and I wanted to feel bad for them, but I didn't at the same time because a lot of our issues. The first two days were self-inflicted. Oh, yeah. It was um, the majority of our issues were self-inflicted. And that's what irritates me the most. And, I mean, I know it's it's a game. And, you know, uh, I guess it is pretty serious here in the SEC. But, I mean, these guys are playing at a D1, you know, level. And, you know, just the small things that you think, I guess, we have high expectations for Mississippi State Ball Club that you think they should be able to do. And sometimes they can't. And, you know, I – we're, you know, armchair guys just throwing hate at these guys, and I don't mean to do that because I know that they're out there trying their best, and you know they're gonna get it together and they're gonna do good. But uh, it just it's just kind of uh, just deheartening, I guess, uh, in some instances when you see some of the stuff that uh, uh, just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, you know. Right. I mean, like like you said about the armchair thing, like, you know, all, every, all these guys on the field are, are better athletes than you and I ever will be. But it's it's the mental things that really bother me because and this is just going off like the first game. It's the first note I have written down. Leggett starts off with that error because he ran out from short for a ball that was he just had no place fielding. And that just got the ball rolling for Arkansas, and they never let off the gas. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, that was definitely a compass ball. Um, and uh, I saw later in that game, I believe, uh, a pop fly hit to around the same spot, and compass actually came in and got it. So that was good. But, uh, yeah, defensive-wise in the first two games, not great. I will say defensive-wise today, I was a lot more happy with it. So, uh I mean, we had some great defensive plays today. So, um, you know, that, that's just stuff. Just, uh, I mean, Leggett has made some great catches out there, but uh, that ball is just a little too deep, a little too awkward for him, and that's one you just got to let your outfielder come in and get, you know. He's got yeah. much better sight on it, much better angle at it. Uh, that's just one you just got to let go. No doubt. I mean, it, like you said, the angle is just so much harder to field. Uh, running backwards and looking over your head like that, especially when it coming off the bat, like, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, you just have no place doing it. And I feel like at this point in your career, you should know better. I understand being aggressive for the ball, but I, part of that also is on Cumbus. I feel like he should be screaming, for, like calling for it. And maybe he was, I don't know, because obviously we couldn't hear that. But uh, some of that is on him too, if he if he wasn't yelling. 
But it, it, beyond that, it's disappointing to me that we're like eight to 10 weeks into the season, or like, I guess eight weeks into the season, and we don't have our shortstop locked in. Yeah. I mean, I even just, this I weekend, what to do. Uh, we did, uh, uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong team here. Yeah. Uh, Forsyth started today, correct? Yes, he did. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and Forsyth started Saturday, too. So, yeah, it was like, well, we're just going back and forth. And to be honest, I mean, Forsyth is definitely a better fielder and Leggett's better at the plate. And, you know, we've had this conversation eight times on here, so I'm not going to go back into that. But, uh, it's just, I wish we would kind of find something and more or less stick to it. So whoever we stick to is going to get more time in that position, you know. That's you want to hear something, uh, hear something crazy right now, though? I'd love to hear something crazy. Tanner Leggett is hitting 197 and Lane is hitting 214. Really? Yep. Yeah, but Lane so, has what? One tenth the bats or one? Uh, okay, maybe it's not that many, but he, I know he's got a lot less plate appearance. So Lane has 42 and Leggett has 61. It's not as far off as you would think. Yeah, it's really not as far off. As you know, Leggett. Leggett's slugging percentage is still better, but Leggett now has four errors and Lane has Lane has one on paper, but I'm pretty sure he has two because I don't think they counted the one last week where he threw it over the first base. But uh, either way, um, yeah, that's that's it's trending toward Lane, and I'd be happy with that because, like you said, he is better on defense. So I would be, you know, ecstatic for his bat to come around, even even if he could get to two thirty ish where he was last year. That that is enough with the rest of the bats we have in the lineup. Yeah, and that was my biggest thing. Uh, we were talking in one of the earlier podcasts about we can't afford that throwaway out in the nine hole this year, like we could last right. year. And mm-hmm. now pitching wise and you know defensive wise, I think we're we're de- still there. Like we don't want to just be giving up free outs all the time. But now coming around to offensive wise, I have a lot more faith in our top eight guys now than i did three weeks ago or two weeks ago um yeah so, same and some kiss, consistency issues but they can they can mash and i already know we're going to talk about it so we'll just go ahead and bring it up i feel get, good about one through eight when jess davis is leading off yeah yeah but I, and we talked about over analyzing the lefty righty matchup unless he's hurt there's no reason for these other guys to be hitting over him no not at all not at all. And that's why I was so shocked to see him not in the lineup this week. Uh, well, except for Friday. Um, so, yeah, that, that that just boggles my mind. I don't like Luke in the leadoff spot. I, I've said that multiple times. Like, Luke is one of those on-base guys, hitters. So, yeah, he is good in that spot. But he's also more or less a power hitter. And to be honest, I'd rather him in the, in the two spot like we have been in the past. In the past That's what I too, want, too. Because we I want Cameron in the three-hole. Yeah, if we can get Davis on base and then Luke to push him around and score in position or something like that, even if it's a sacrifice, pop fly or yeah. something like that, then that's a lot more advantageous to us than Luke getting getting a walk off the off the rip or something like that, you know? So, it, you know, I... I don't know. That's just my thought process on it, and I don't know why we don't have Davis in there every game. It doesn't make any sense to me. I completely agree. I know I, – I, well, I don't know, but I would assume Lamonis is trying to keep guys involved that are still good or, and are going to be a big part of the future. Like, I think Von Siebert is probably going to be a pretty good baseball player. Absolutely. I think, I think Aaron Downs is probably going to be a pretty good baseball player. I think Drew McGowan is probably going to end up being a pretty good baseball player. Alfred – uh, you know, you say the same thing on and on about these young guys. I feel pretty good about them. Uh, I wish we had some, you know, good guys in the bullpen that were young, but yeah. maybe we do, and they're just redshirted. I don't know. But the point point being is Jess has the most at-bats out of all these guys. He's got 40, he's hitting 275, and his slugging percentage is 400. His on-base percentage is 408. I mean, like yeah. – Give me, give me a break, dude. It's not even close to anybody else. And if it was, if it was close, it would be to Vaughn. And I don't think he can play center field. No. And Jess Davis is clearly the best center fielder we have, other than maybe Brayland, But Brayland just can't hit. Yeah, and and that's the thing that boggles my mind. 
is that like we don't have Davis in the lineup, and like all these other guys are like younger, and I completely agree that we should be giving them play time. And but we have a lot of midweek games and some other games that aren't Arkansas in Fayetteville. You know what I mean? Uh, so like the timing of it just doesn't add up to me. Like I want my best center fielder and my best chance of getting on base in the leadoff spot out there three games out of three games against one of the top three teams in the nation at their place. You know, that that's what I want. That's just the way I see it. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I didn't say it this last week, I don't think, but today was a must win and I just, it did not feel like the day to mess around with the, uh, with the lineup as we did but uh, i mean i'm glad it worked out but i'm pretty sure drew did not have a hit today and i don't think he got on base you can double check me on that i know no i'm pretty sure he did not uh i think he he struck out i think three times grounded out and then i remember thinking that at the very last bat and i can't remember exactly what he did there but i know he got out so um yeah, that's what I remember from Drew today. Pretty uh pretty tough scene for your walk off guy. It was almost like our lineup started at camp well no, no, Cameron didn't have a hit all weekend. It's almost like our lineup started at Luke Hancock. So our nine one and two hitters were awful. Yep. And then Luke and Lotan were basically carrying the load. Yeah. I'd say that. And and Hunter Hines didn't do anything, and then you have Jaeger in the back half of the lineup that was is doing pretty well. So I'm gonna just go ahead and uh, I guess I'm gonna just go ahead and get into game two because there's not much to talk about. All I have written down in my notes is for game two is tons of pain. The pin is miserable. I turned the game off. <laughs> That's all I, I wrote down. I, I think that about sums up pretty much every Mississippi State fan's feelings towards game two. I, I think that sums it up pretty well. So, I don't even want to talk about it. And to be honest, we had less walks in game two than we did in game one. Three to be yeah, exact. We had it was 11 one of those in the things, first game and eight in the second game. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we were playing subpar already with bad arms, and Arkansas was also like having one of those days where they would have beat anybody. Yeah, except maybe Tennessee, but they probably would have had a shootout with Tennessee. It would have been really interesting to see. I hope they match up this year. But um, we'll just roll in and get into Game Three because that's really what matters right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this mini slump for Luke. I think he's getting out of it. I think he. He and Lotan were the best two offensive players this weekend. Uh, that's that's I, my I number three. What we know is uh, Luke and Lotan are starting to get out of that slump. I think because Lotan, yeah. Lotan was seeing the ball and swinging the bat a little bit better this this week. Like like mm-hmm. you said in the past, he's been making contact with the ball. It just hadn't been going where he wanted it to. And this weekend, yeah. I saw a little bit more of where he wanted it to, which pretty much all the time he hit the ball, it was going out the park. So that's you know that's always that's always nice. But he still had some clutch singles. Yeah, know, too. like the last one of the game. Yeah, like the last one. And I think he, uh, I think Saturday he had, I mean, he had the solo shot. No, Friday he had this, our only run, I believe, through most of the game anyway. Um, and he just seemed like he, he was the only guy that wanted to be there on Friday. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're both getting out of these little mini slumps. And Logan was still getting RBIs when he was in his. And, and Luke was still getting on base when he was in his, so they weren't uh, hitting great average wise, but they were still being productive. And that's what you expect out of guys that are really good. And they're both really good. So the good news is I think they're both climbing out of that. Um, I have it written down that uh, for game three, that these umps are asked to, which oh, yeah, I thought, I thought they were pretty bad this weekend. I don't know about you, I, but I, like the, I will say the guy today, his strike zone I did not agree with the zone that he had, but he, at least he was consistent with it. So, you know, you can't fault him too much for that. Um, as long as the ump's consistent, then you can kind of play around it, you know. But uh, I will say sometimes in the other two games, I, I kind of saw that the behind-the-plate umpire wasn't quite as consistent as some people would like him to be. But what about that uh, that play today with the uh, the called 
out, but uh, he actually didn't catch the ball, and then uh, Cumbus got to go to second and stuff. I know we talked about it a little bit on Twitter earlier. What did you think about that? So I hope everybody gets that, and if I was an Arkansas fan, I'd be mad too, but there's no other way. It's completely the umpire's fault, It's yeah, but there's absolutely. there's no other way to determine, okay, he would have been thrown out at second if the ball was played as if it was in play because if that same thing happens in the left corner of the field, obviously Brad would have made second and everything would have been normal. But right. there in center field, would he have been thrown out at second 99 times out of 100? Probably. Maybe like 96. You know, there could be a throwing error or something like that. But you can't just assume that he's going to be thrown out because there's no way to determine, okay, this guy was so close that he would have thrown him out or he was too far to throw him out. That's not how, yeah, that's not how baseball works. When you put it in the rule book, you can't put a little caveat in there and be like, oh, well, if it's 20 feet away from the bag, then it's this. And if it's any further, then it's that, and you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like you just kind of, I mean, it was the umpire's fault for calling it a, an out, a, a dead ball right there. And then, you know, so Brad's standing around like, okay, what, well, what do I do? And then I think one of the umpires, because Brad was waiting and he thought it was caught and he saw the call, call on the field. So he started going yeah, back just first. Right. And then he saw something else, like another umpire did something, and then he started going to second. And Battles was already standing on second with the ball and could have snapped, thrown it back to first. But, I mean, no one really knew at that point what was going on because the umpires weren't being very clear about it. So it's kind of hard to, yeah, it's kind of hard to fault the runners at that point when the umpires are the ones screwing everything up. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't our fault. It wasn't Arkansas's fault. That's one of those things, as an ump, if, it, if it's close like that, you need to always – let them play it out yeah. because you can always go back and review it and change it. It's kind of like in football when there's a, a like obscure fumble slash is it incomplete or is it fumble? You always let them play it out because if it if you rule it dead and it actually was a fumble, then you know the you defense do doesn't doesn't get to return it. They just get the ball right there, so yeah. and that could be a ninety yard difference and a t seven points. Right. So. You just let him play. It doesn't cost you anything, but maybe a couple of minutes looking at it uh, on the screen to let him play. Like we're here to let these guys play. Quit trying to, you know, just make calls a big deal, and just let him play. And if you know it's that bad, then go check it out. But that's my rant. Oh no, I I hundred percent agree with you. Um. Uh. Ooh, okay, so. We're going to get through the rest of uh, the game three. I, the, I hope – shout out to Cade Smith. I hope you're good, bro. Um, he got he got donked in the head. I think he got some stitches after the game, but I'm hearing he's going to be okay. Uh, I feel – You know they ruled that a, a one, two, three double play. I did. I did. I saw they scored <laughs> or Not that. double play, but uh, out, yeah. That yeah, was, that's very, very rare. Very, very rare. Uh, <laughs> um, this And this is kind of a bad point here. Cameron James was awful this weekend. You mean, and I don't play? know why. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I saw that, but I'm not worried about Cam. He's one of the best hitters on the team. I mean, he does have the highest average going into this weekend, did he not? I th I think he, that was he did, correct. and he yeah. still and he still does. But he brought it down. I think point oh three and some change. He's he's now down to three oh two. Well. I, I, I'm not worried about Cam. He's going to bounce back. He had a bad weekend. Everybody has a bad weekend every once in a while. Um, he'll he'll get back in the swing of it. I mean, I wish he wouldn't have had the bad weekend against Arkansas, of course. But, uh, you know, you you got to take him as it, as it lies sometimes. So, yeah. I mean, you know, if he'd have had a good weekend, we weren't going to win Friday or Saturday anyway. But I really felt that him him and Mule and left leaving guys on base today, we should have won the game in nine innings yeah well i mean arkansas uh, also left a bunch of guys on base too so they were kind of doing the same thing we were doing it was nice did, to see but i felt that our pitching was better today than theirs that's true i i will say that uh seeing Cade smith out there and auger both of them walked three but every time they walked it seemed like they pitched around it and got the outs anyway you know uh they weren't yeah. giving up the bomb after they just walked two guys and then given up a three run mm -hmm. homer and two of them weren't earned, you know? So yeah. like 
in the first two games, that's what we were doing. We were walking a bunch of guys and then giving up one base hit and scoring two guys and stuff like that, you know, where the, the like, I would rather not walk anybody, of course, but if you are going to walk somebody, at least be able to pitch around it. And I think we did a really good job about that today. So that's, I was excited to see that. Yeah. So, and on paper, walks all look the same, but they were walking guys today, working the count like they were, you know, usually full counts and they were painting the corners and they were getting some of the calls and not getting some of the calls because the ump was so inconsistent. I can live with that. Oh, yeah. Especially like one an inning or something. What I can't, what, you know, what we can't live with, obviously, is like four or five ball walks where these, like, the batters aren't even having to try just because you, you can't even hit the zone. Yeah, like, you're just burying balls into the dirt. Yeah. And, and you like know, that. just yeah. that, thankfully, was not an issue today. And this was the best pitching performance I think we have had all year, other than maybe since Landon Sims has been hurt, is the best pitching performance we've had. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I was uh, I was happy to see those guys out there shoving today. Yeah, you know, shout out to Auger. I was a little nervous at him at first, and Fristo looked awesome, like yeah. dominant, and he got us out of the the bases loaded. I mean that that was his best like pressure performance that I've seen him have. So, uh, you know, shout out to those guys. I don't know what was said to them by the pitching coach or what they did Saturday night, but they need to do that every week oh yeah i mean so let's get into into what we know uh yeah. and what we don't all right here you want me to go first you want to go uh you can go first all right so number one kate smith is the best pitcher on the roster that's healthy true fact check true fact check true green light number two is the bats must become consistent in order for us to be competitive every weekend. Fact check, also true. Three, we already spoke about it. Luke confirmed back. Fact check, true. Good, that was easy. <laughs> easy peasy. So if you have any different, then proceed to tell yours. All right, so my number three was Luke and Lotan being back, uh, so I'll skip that. Uh, number one, uh, our bats... And this is more for the first and second game, not really the third game. Uh, but for the first and second game, our bats cannot make up for the amount of walks that we're giving up, especially in those first two games. Like, oh. I mean, in the second game, we scored, what did we end up scoring? Five. And yeah, just the five, one. 12 5, yeah. I think was the score. Yeah, like, just like, I feel like when you let them put up a crooked number in the second inning, especially if it's a six, um, it's it's hard to come back from that. Uh, especially when they both got both days you know, too. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the second on Friday well, and Saturday. It was uh, six in the second on Friday and four in the second on Saturday. Which, I mean, we had scored one in the f in the first on Saturday, so it was four to one. And I was thinking, okay, you know, if that's our worst inning, maybe we can do something here. And then we come out and give up another four spot in the third, and that it just. And, and at that point, I was like, all right, it's over. It's I see over. how this is going. Yeah, Blank. so. Put your chips in the basket for Sunday. Yeah. But it's, uh, that, you know, that's what I'm kind of saying with that. Uh, number two, uh, we still, I still see fight in this team late in games. Um, I saw a little bit later in the game yesterday, even though we were down by a lot, it looked like we were still, you know, out there. We were playing ball. We were trying. And I like to see that. And especially today, going late in the 12th inning. Uh, I mean that was that was big for us uh, to w pull that one out and to win that and uh, I I like to see that fight because to be honest I haven't seen a lot of that this year where last year it was a given so uh, I'm glad to see some of that's back. I would agree. I feel that I feel very frustrated for our our batters, man. Um, especially the lineup that we should be using one through eight anyway. I I'm sure it, it definitely changes their approach at the plate and they don't hit as well. And I'm sure it's just like annoying and disheartening to get out there in the third inning and you're already down eight to one or whatever. And then like you just think you have to try harder or do. Yeah. Something big, right. You know? it's, it's in your head that like, Oh dude, like we need to score now because you can't trust your, your pitchers. I mean, it's just, it changes everything. And I don't think anybody could argue that. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't argue with that at all. 
So we can get into what we don't hear. Um, we kind of hit on this a little bit earlier. It's number one is where is Jess Davis and where is Andrew Walling? Jess is too good to not be on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Walling, we are so desperate for pitchers right now. I would take any starting JUCO pitcher in the state of Mississippi and put him on our roster, and I would feel good or better about him going and giving me two innings against SEC competition than most of the guys in our bullpen. I mean, as much as that hurts to think about or say, I'd, I'd probably have to agree with that statement, to be honest. It's, it's like my confidence level in our bullpen is at an all-time low. And I watched, like you said, Jake Mangum and Brent Rooker trot to the mound. So, you know, it's, it's, it, we're down bad over here. Yeah, 100%. And that's not a total knock on our team. Mississippi Juco baseball is very good. So it could be worse. Could uh, be. But number two is, is it time for Jaeger to move up in the lineup? My personal opinion, and this is just mine, and it may be unpopular, I like Jaeger in the bottom of the lineup. One, he's hitting well. And two, I like having something at the bottom of the lineup to look forward to. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, I mean, I feel like one, like if Davis is leadoff, right? If Davis is leadoff, tell me a guy one through eight that when he comes to the plate, you don't have a good sense that he can at least try to make something happen. Right. And Jaeger in the eight spot. I like having him down there, to be honest. Um, like, cause we've got power all over this lineup. We don't need power more in the front of the lineup. We got Cam, we got Luke, we got Logan, and then we got Kellum. I mean, I don't know. I just like Jaeger down there, to be honest. And I like having, you know, and, and my, I guess my thought process is because a lot of times like this weekend, like today, it started with Jaeger, Forsyth, and then back to the front of the lineup. Like that was the three that were guaranteed to see the plate in that inning, right? And yeah. I felt a little bit better because I was like, okay, if Jaeger can get on, Forsyth's an out, maybe, I mean, if we get real lucky, it's a productive out, okay. So then we got a runner in scoring position with one out and then top of the lineups coming back around. So, you know, I don't know. It just kind of makes me feel good down there a little bit. So th I, that's just my opinion. It may be wrong. It may be unpopular, but that's just what I think. No, I mean, I think that that's a reasonable argument. I wouldn't – I'm not saying, like, move him to the four hole, but I think I would – I think I would like Kellum at the eight hole better because I think RJ is a more balanced player. Like, he's going to hit some singles, some doubles, and some home runs, and I think Kellum is out there. He's either going to get walked or he's going to hit home runs. Slash sacrifice stuff, or right. just pop pop out. So I, I think it would be better for RJ to be on base when Kellum's coming through, rather than like Kellum hitting a jack, and then RJ getting out there and getting a double or a single, and then Leggett just hitting into a double play or Lane hitting into a double play. Yeah, and it being being useless, but I mean, it, you know, it may be if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It could be, I I understand it could go both ways. It just I think it's I think it's something that's going to be discussed for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely see your side of the argument on that one too. So, I mean, I guess we'll see in the coming weeks on what they decide to do. Yep. So my third one is a tricky conversation as well. Uh, should we shift the rotation? And there's multiple ways you could do this. The way I would do it is I would move Cade to Saturday. I would move Stadette to Sunday for this week, as in LSU week. Yeah. And then the next week, if you're still feeling good about it, about Cade, move him to Friday. I think we play Auburn the week after. Move him to Friday and then slide PJ to Saturday, and then the rest of the year you, you could go Cade, PJ, and then uh, Stinnett. And if Casey Hunt gets back, I think PJ is more comfortable as a relief player. You know, maybe start Casey on Saturday and get PJ back in the bullpen because Lord knows we need bullpen arms. Yeah, we do. 
And I like I like PJ out of the bullpen. I mean, he's always been solid for us out of the bullpen. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- those are some good things to think about. To be honest, I mean, I agree with most of that. I, I'd say, um, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, like in a series against Arkansas, I'd almost like to keep Cade on Sunday, just because I keeping that that because I, I want to win at least one. But like, if we're going like against LSU and Auburn that we have a good chance of beating. Um, yeah, having him maybe earlier on in the rotation might be might be good for us. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. Uh, yeah, everybody the rest of the way, other than Tennessee, we can take a game from for sure, and we, are, we should be competitive enough to take two, especially at home. So LSU, we already know, like, they're not as good as everybody thought. Like, we should be able to win two. Auburn, they're a little better than we thought, but they're still in the middle of the pack. We should be able to win two. It's also at home. We go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is still struggling. They don't have any arms either. We should be able to win two. Not saying it's a lock, but we like we have the ability to do so. Right. Uh, and then we got at Missouri, who I know they won a series this weekend. We should be able to win two. Florida at home, you know, they may be a little, a little tougher, but, you know, they also lost to Georgia two out of three. They're probably around our level two. We should be able to take two. At A&M, also a middle-of-the-pack team, we should be able to take two. And then Tennessee comes to town. That's the only series where I'm like, okay, maybe Cage should throw Sunday. Yeah, let's let's get one, you know. And it's it's the last it's the last regular season matchup. You could even move him back to Sunday, and then you can just go to Hoover or whatever and just do whatever you want with the bats if we feel like we're going to get in the tournament. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, excuse me, with the arms. You know what I meant. But, yeah, I know what yeah, you meant. Yeah, so we got – we got some play, and I don't know. I just feel like it's feel like, like I feel like it might be the move. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, with this, I don't know. I I I kind of think that they're going to leave it the way it is, and it kind of kind of doesn't make much sense to me. But I hope I hope they do play with it a little bit because I'd like to see some of those guys shift around, especially if KC comes back. And he's thrown back into the starting role. I want, I, that's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the rotation then. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see that. So we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, agreed. But, uh, so you can go ahead and get into your uh, what you don't know. All right. Um, uh, well, I really only had two what we don't knows this week, um, and one you kind of already touched on, but it was. Why are we playing quarter in center field and not Davis? We've kind of already talked about that. I'm not going to go over it yeah. again. And number three, this is a big one, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me here, and I'm not saying that I know this. This is not me saying that I think this is true, but it's just a question that crossed my mind, and I want your input on it. Could it Fristo possibly be back? As a closer as a arm that when you see him come out of the bullpen or walk onto the mound at any point in the game that you think okay he's gonna keep us in it that's what i'm asking dude i don't feel comfortable yet with anybody in the bullpen (laughs) am i ecstatic that we got a good performance out of him and brooks today yes the only guy i trust out of all of our pitchers is kate smith and i then then behind him the tier two i kind of trust preston and i kind of trust brandon smith and then after that i don't trust any of those guys (laughs) but if i had to pick it would be it would be Brooks, and then it would be Fristo, and maybe Landon Sims' left arm. <laughs> I just throw Landon out there, throwing lefty, and everybody's going to be confused. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. Like I'm not saying that I think he's back, but I will say it crossed my mind because the last two or three times we've seen him has definitely been some improvement over earlier on in the year, and I think he's on the right track. And I really hope that he continues down that right track because if we're going to do anything postseason, we have to have him. And I, I think I said that on the first podcast that Fristo needed to get his stuff together. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that yeah. I'm really hoping that he continues down that right track because he looked today 
like I remember some of his good games were when he started for us last year. And that was yeah. exciting. We, to know, see. Well, we know it's there. Yeah. That's the, com- the only comforting thing is it's not, oh, this dude is, is he capable or not? We know he is, but are you going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he continues down that track. And uh, I guess we'll revisit that uh, question later. But uh, as of right now, I'd still put, like you said, Landon's left arm <laughs> in front of some of these guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't you know, like feel good saying that. That doesn't make me happy. That's just the reality of the situation. It's the reality of the situation on the ground at the moment. So I have a bonus bonus question on what we don't since you only had two. Uh, it is, who is the best player on this team that's healthy right now? You mean pitching-wise or just best all, player? All around, all around. But, I mean, it's probably going to be a hitter because of how bad our pitching is. As of like the whole encompassing the whole season, or who is playing the best as of right Who's now? Who's playing the best right now? I'd say Jaeger. Okay. I haven't seen him mess up in the field, and he's been solid at the plate. That's that's yeah. just me. Uh, probably Pretty close reasonable. behind him would be Lotan, and then maybe Luke somewhere around there. I mean, that's just the first three that come to my mind. Uh, after, you know, Cam definitely would have been up there if it wasn't for his plate appearances this weekend. So, you know. 100%. Yeah, I think I would go with Lotan, but you could definitely make an argument for Jaeger. Uh, I'm going with Lotan because I believe that um, his defense at the plate combined with his hitting ability is just uh, pretty much unheard of for, for catchers in college baseball. Oh, right absolutely. Now. It's ex- extremely rare, and I hope he gets absolutely paid. Yeah, uh, and come, he, will, draft time. he will be paid. Uh, that, yeah, that, 100%. But, yeah. Assuming Lotan, his balls didn't explode today. Yeah, uh, Lotan, uh, definitely up there, and to be honest, probably does deserve that number one spot. But, like, I mean, just the defensive behind the plate that I've seen him this year, like, he hasn't been, like, and we know it's there, that he can just absolutely gun down people, uh, you know, when they're trying to steal on him. Um but we haven't seen that as much this year, and I think it's a he lot because on. yeah, he hasn't got ran on much because yeah. people people know, and mm-hmm. so that's that's fun. But also seeing him back there with some of the pitching that we have had this year, like without Lotan behind the plate, if we had just had some run of the mill catcher like middle of the pack or something like that, we would have a lot less record because we would have been giving up a lot more runs. So Lotan behind the plate has been a saving grace for us this year, and I'm very appreciative of him for that. 100%. I mean, it's uh, definitely going to help him, uh, his film, going into the draft. He's going to be like, dude, like, look what I did with these scrubs thrown to me. Like, what do you think I can do when Ashanti is thrown to me? Like, I'm going to be super comfortable. Put me in the lineup right now. But, uh, yeah, he one of the, one of the better talents uh, that isn't a pitcher to come through state in a while, I believe. Uh, I think he can actually play. In the MLB, I think he can he can start within a few years. So I'll be pulling for whoever he goes to when the time comes. But let's get into this upcoming week. We've got UT Martin on Tuesday at 6, go Skyhawks. And we host LSU this weekend. Are you making it up to Starkville, yes or no? Yes, I'll be there. Good. All right, I'm still hunting tickets for us. Hopefully I can get a four-piece, but if not, catch you in the outfield. Uh, Friday is at 7. I'm excited for a, a good old night game. I think it's going to be rowdy. I think it'll be the most packed regular season game at the Dude uh, in history because the Alabama series was last week, and that surprised me. So I would imagine with all the Louisiana uh, fans that are going to come up along with uh, everybody that is down to beat the Tigers because we have not done well against the Tigers at home recently. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a great weekend of baseball. I think these teams are going to play each other pretty well, um, and I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And I'm excited because it'll be my first first series of the year. And I missed two home games last year, and they were both midweeks, and I was at every other one. So uh, not being able to go to all the games this year has really hurt. So uh, I'm really excited to be back in the dude with my, you know, all 14,000 of my friends and smoking up some ribs and some – Jalapeno poppers and drinking some Coors lattes should be Coors, fun. 
lattes. Oh, yeah. I would expect nothing else. So I think you and I would probably both agree here. We need to go three and one this week. Yeah, three and one uh, is a must. You know, a sweep would be great, but I'm not going to ask that as of now. Maybe I probably won't ask that until we play Missouri. And I hope I will be able to ask that of them then. So three and one this week. This conference continues to be a bloodbath, believe it or not. Bulldog fans, we are at the bottom of the SEC West standings, but we are tied at four and five with the bottom five teams. So it's Ole Miss, LSU, A&M, Bama, and us are all tied at four and five, and we are at the bottom, I believe, because our overall record is one of the worst. We should really technically be above Alabama because they have the same record and we beat them head-to-head, but it doesn't matter right now. So with that being said, every game matters. The only team that is going to get a decently comfortable lead will be Tennessee. And it's pretty comfortable right now. Yeah, Man. they're they're sitting at nine and zero, and the second in the East is Georgia, and they're six and three. So what makes me feel good is Bama is ending up being a de- better team than we thought. We were able to sneak one game from the best team in the West right now, and we were able to sneak one game from the second best team in the East right now. So I feel I feel pretty decent even with the pitching struggles going against A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn in the in the near future. Yeah, um, because, I mean, Ole Miss has the same pitching struggles that we have, so that's going to be an offensive bat, uh, bloodbath, I feel like, but it should be interesting to watch. Yeah, there will probably be a lot of beer showers that we- weekend. Oh, yeah. All right, well, you want to get into your uh, Talking Dogs power rankings week three real quick? I uh, sure can. A um, little bit of shifting this week, which was probably expected. <clears throat> Number one. Take a guess, guys. Oh, you're right. Tennessee. Yeah. Big gap. <laughs> Number two. Arkansas. Good series this weekend. Number three. Georgia. Four. Even though they got swept, it was by a really good team. Vandy. Five. That school up north. Six, Florida. Seven, Auburn. Eight, MSU. Those two, I believe, are interchangeable, but I gave Auburn the edge because they're one game ahead right now. Nine, LSU. Ten, Bama. Eleven, A&M. Twelve, UK. Thirteen, climbing out of the depths this weekend, the Missouri Tigers at their high school stadium. <laughs> and 14 i'm super disappointed in you gamecocks you make no sense i do not understand y'all's baseball team this year is usc i just had to put them at the bottom so uh, texas is like really bad is what we're is yeah what we're seeing yeah right i should have added that texas uh space 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 15 <laughs> yeah exactly but we'll get there uh next year i think what do you think uh to be honest i like it i, I don't have any like I've had arguments with the the first two to be honest. Uh, this one I don't really have any arguments with. I mean, I agree with the Auburn and us being interchangeable. Uh, I, I think we probably edge out LSU a little bit. Um, Bama's definitely moving up a little bit, and I mean Mizzou and USC. I mean that kind of speaks for themselves. So it's and and you know up top there's no quarrels there. So yeah, I I, I like it. I wish I had something to argue about it, but I can't. Dude, South Carolina still has a losing record. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, it's it's bad. And they and they're the, the only team. team the they're the only team in the conference that has a losing record overall. Wow. So, I actually didn't know. Uh, that. Yeah, what are you doing, South Carolina? It was Missouri, bro. Missouri was the chosen one. Yeah. Well, anywho, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you this, looking around the conference. If Arkansas and Tennessee played right now at a neutral site, three-game series, who's winning? Loaded bats or no loaded bats? Very good question. (laughs) Uh, Well-tested Omaha-approved stickers on these bats, and not stickers bought offline, stickers verified by the umpires. Dude, the way they're playing right now, I still got to go Tennessee. 
at least two out of three. That that's yeah. that's where I put it. I mean, their pitchers are shoving, their offense is on fire. I mean, I don't see I don't see anybody in the West or the East taking two from Tennessee right now. Not right now, at least. At a neutral Tennessee site. On a nineteen game win streak. Are they set up for an old miss like choking crash? They very well could be, but I'm not going to say that yet. Um, I mean, they made it to Omaha last year. Uh, did they go two and out in Omaha, or did they win one and then? They lost one? to Virginia, and I think that, yeah, they went 0 and 2. They yeah, did. They went 0 and 2. Because um, Texas beat them, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to have an old Miss crash and burn situation, but. Who's to know? I mean, it's it's baseball. It's college baseball, and that's the excuse we always use. So, who's to say? I guess we'll have to wait and see, but either way, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Winning 19 in a row is impressive. I, I think just, I, don't, I don't remember us ever doing that. Not not in SEC play. I can't remember that. Um, but yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You know, hopefully they didn't get too hot too soon because everyone knows that can happen. I mean, that happens all this year in and year out. So yeah, even more impressive. They're six and one versus top ten opponents. I mean, that's not a bad record. I'd I'd, I'd probably no. I'd probably say. Yeah, I would agree, man. Uh, so you think Georgia will stick at second in the East, or do you think Vanderbilt will will kind of rally after already playing Tennessee and and take the two spot? That. That's a good question. I I want to say, like, I would, I don't like Vanderbilt. So I want to say that Georgia is going to hold the two spot in the East. But I kind of have this sneaky suspicion that Vanny is going to sneak their way back up into that two spot before the year's end. Yeah. I have that feeling, too. You know, they may tie for it or something. You never know. But uh, I think it's going to be an in- interesting, pointless thing to watch. Um, maybe for seeding for the SEC tournament, I guess it matters, but we don't really, you know, value that. We might have to value it this year. So then my third question comes a lot, assuming I would assume we both think Arkansas will win the West. Who's going to get second in the West? I can't Hmm. pick. I I don't, I I don't know. I'm looking at these teams. I mean, what do we got to pick from? We got Ole Miss, Auburn, Auburn, us, LSU. I mean, at this and point, then, yeah. and none of us have played each other yet. So it, it's going to come down to, like, well, I mean, uh, who has played each other? Well, Auburn and A&M. Played. Auburn and A&M, and we've played Bama. Yeah, I wouldn't even put Bama in there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think Bama's going to come back and win the West or uh, get second. I mean, I mean, <laughs> crazier things have happened. But I, my four are us, LSU, Auburn. And Ole Miss, and to be honest, that could that could all just fall apart as soon as I say something that's going to fall apart. Um, so you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna pick us to a good second. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I mean, I think it could. I mean, everybody that I just listed has an easy shot to get to second place. You know, if things go their way, so it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. I like it. Um, I really do. Unfortunately, I think I still have to ride with Old Miss, but it's because their schedule is still baby cakes cheese. It is soft as Charmin, and if they if they mess that up, you know, I called them to win the West before we we got into conference play, and if they don't manage to win second place, which is you know the trophy that everybody makes fun of, uh, then it's they just failed themselves i guess i i don't know there's no reason they shouldn't be top two with the schedule they have it's so and i know the conference is hard but they literally play the least talented teams in the conference and they don't have uh they don't have i mean tennessee was good but i don't think they have georgia and i don't think they have florida or vanderbilt so you know our crossover games are hard and theirs uh my outside of tennessee was was easy yeah so uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think they should get second, but I guess we'll see. Uh, I hope they don't. I hope we do. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe our series determines that. Um, I could definitely see LSU crashing and burning. 
And then, you know, Bama just being streaky and just doing some weird stuff and not being consistent. And I don't think, I think A&M is actually probably the worst team in the division right now. I, so I, I kind of think Auburn's going to be streaky like you just said Alabama's going to be. I feel like they're going to be a little bit more streaky than some. I don't know. Maybe. They have four top 25 wins, same as us. They have three losses, though, in the top 25, and we have seven. We've just played a brutal, brutal schedule. Yep. So it's well, it's going to be interesting uh, how this all pans out. But uh, you see anything else through the conference that, that you know, caught your eye? Uh, not really, uh, other than, I mean, I kind of thought that Ole Miss kind of fell apart on Saturday with their pitching, and that's, you know, uh, but, um, I mean, Mizzou taking a series from anybody caught my eye. So that was interesting. Um, and then, you know, Vanderbilt getting swept and I, and to be honest, when we were doing our picks this last weekend, I was really thinking about putting Tennessee sweeping Vanderbilt, but then I was like, it's Vanderbilt. I can't do it. So I said two out of three and I should have done the sweep. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's really the only things that really caught my eye this week. I, th- I think that I comes to mind at the moment. Yeah, so for all you fans out there, uh, Matthew and I have decided to do a pick em every week between the conference teams. Uh, the score is currently nine, myself to seven, Matt. And the scoring is if you call a sweep, you get three points. But if they don't sweep, you get zero. If you call a two out of three win and they get – uh, the two wins, you get two points, but if you call two and they actually end up sweeping the team that you called to win, then you just get one point. So that's where we stand right now. The loser at the end of, we're going to do end of regular season, I would assume. Yeah, end of regular season. So before end of Hoover. regular season, before Hoover, we'll have to wear an Ole Miss shirt for the entire day and post it on Twitter. <laughs> I really hope I don't lose this. Yeah, well, it'll be it'll be spicy, but uh, anyway, man, I, uh, I'm excited for this week. I I feel like we're we're we got a spark today and are heading in the right direction. And I feel like LSU is kind of got so many actually ends up having more question marks than we do somehow. I know that sounds weird, but I really think it's true. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I feel confident about two out of three this weekend, and obviously I feel fine about. UT Martin, I would like to not let them hang around like Memphis did. But, uh, yeah, so that's where we stand, um, and, I, and I'm good with it. Yep. Uh, I guess uh, well, that's about it. Uh, I don't have anything else. So I hope uh, this week goes well, and hopefully we can find some tickets. And it uh, should be a fun weekend in Starkville. Well, that's all I got, Bulldog fans. Uh, Here's to a good week, and the walkout song of the week is Trophies by Young Money. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental.